Good morning. Welcome to Discovery's Digital Gathering. We are glad you're here. We are excited for what God has in store this morning. We want to invite you to download our app, which will help you stay current with our community and get further connected by filling out our new visitor card. Let's prepare our hearts for worship and for the adventure of discovering the good news of Jesus together. Hello, Discover family. Welcome once again to This Is Your House uh, Discovery. I'm so excited to share with you today. Um, we're going to start a new series, a new conversation. And like Pastor Steve always says, we don't want this just to be a monologue. We want this to be the start of conversation through the week, through the month. So today, for the ones who don't know me, my name is Antonio Reyes. And I'm part of the pastoral team in this community, and I'm here to serve you. I, if I don't know you, I would love to meet you, hang out, drink some coffee, go eat. I love to do those things. So please, I'm here to serve. I'm here to connect with you. So um, And whatever I can help, I'm, I'm here at, at your service. So today, we want to start this conversation on this idea of practices, right? We don't want to be a community and a group of people and a believers that only have knowledge about Jesus, but we want to translate into practices of what we actually believe. And today, I want to take you to this place where we're going to talk about outreach or actually service. How do we serve others? How do we serve around us? What does that mean to us? And for that same reason, today, I... There's a disclaimer. I don't, I don't, my desire is not to uh, beat you down. I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad because you don't serve or because you don't serve enough uh, around you. But my desire is to inspire you and also to challenge where you are. And if you're not a believer, if you don't identify with Jesus, look, my desire is for you to be inspired and also challenge. And, and perhaps you can encounter uh, the beauty of Jesus and what he has to say about your life. So today... If, if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you go with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 29. And I want to take you to the probably the most famous parable uh, told by Jesus. And this is the parable of the Samaritan. I think most of us have heard that expression, the, the, the good Samaritan. And, and it's found in Luke chapter 10. And if you follow me, and it says in chapter 25, just the religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrine. He posed this question, Teacher, what requirements must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, What do you read in the law? How do you understand it? The religious scholar answered, It states, You must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, that is correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Waiting to justify himself, the religious scholar. He questioned Jesus farther, saying, What do you mean by my neighbor? <laughs> this is so funny. If you don't mind me, I would love to start with a word of prayer, whatever you add right now. God, guide us this morning. Inspire us this morning. Um, we want to walk with you. We want to put in practice what we know. And today we want to move forward in serving others that we will, we, we will love to be served. In your name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, one of the disclaimers I have for you is I'm horrible at cleaning. See, my wife would describe me someone that 
uh, knows how to put things in their place. They knows where things go and I will put them there, but, uh, but not, I'm not a good cleaner. First of all, that's very rude from her because I try my best. But second of all, that's honestly, that's the truth. I'm not really good at cleaning. Sometimes I'm washing the dishes and, and, and sometimes after when I'm, gonna I'm about to eat something, I pick up a spoon and it's all dirty. And I'm like, whoa, what a horrible job. I do with this with this spoon or with these dishes, you know, like or, or I leave the 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 sink full of water around it, and I know for some of you guys I would drive you crazy, but I, I I'll be honest, I'm not really good at cleaning or washing or, or doing all these chores. Sometimes I, I want to wash the clothes and I take all the clothes, separate them into colors and I take them to the washing machine and I leave them there and I go with my dad and I forget that I was washing the clothes. Family, I don't even finish the task that I start. That's how horrible I am. But this is this is the beauty of my wife and her heart. That she doesn't um, she doesn't uh, expect a good result. Sometimes she um, she's not winning in the outcome. She is more interested in the posture of my heart and serving serving her. You know, the expression of love comes also in serving others, and I believe this is what Jesus is trying to do with us. He doesn't want us to, to serve only but for the sake of serving, like a charity. He wants to change and shift our heart to a posture of service, uh, our souls to a posture of service to others. See, he was talking to this uh, law, this teacher of the law, this leader who knew all the ritual, all the steps, all the commandments of God. And, and this religious scholar come to Jesus and says, all right, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus responds, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with every thought, with all your energy, with all your passion. But you should love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. So, so Jesus is telling this religious leader, the way people will know that you love your creator, is not by your theology. It's not by the commandments you follow. It's not by how great you are, are you in social media, by your post. You're not going to be known by the stuff. You're going to be known that you love your creator by the way you actually love your neighbor and serve your neighbor because that's what love does. We keep going with, it, with, this, um, with this story. It, just to put a note right here is that this religious leader was not trying to do what Jesus was saying. This religious leader was not trying to follow what Jesus... He was not in awe by saying, who? Okay, I want to know what Jesus has to say about this. He was just trying to catch him to see, see, you're wrong. And for that same reason, he questions. So, okay, Jesus, so who is my neighbor? And Jesus proceeds with this answer in verse 30th. Jesus replied, there was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. When the bandits robbed him along the way, they beat him severely, stripped him naked, and let him half dead. Soon, a Jewish priest walked down the same road upon the wounded man. Seeing him from the distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him a bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. 
See, what Jesus is doing in this moment, he's describing two people, two people that were considered important and influential in that society, two people that people will respect them because of their profession, a priest and a Levite. People that knew um, they would take care of the temple. They would supposed to be the, the people between God and society, God and people. They would know the rituals and the commandments and the rules of how to actually walk with God. Jesus is giving this example and the beauty is he's saying, See, the, the reason why I believe Jesus is giving this example to these religious leaders is because of this. I believe he's trying to break this mentality of a savior complex that they have. That they're better than other people. That they were supposed to save other people. That because they thought they had the right God, the right rules, the right commandments, that was going to save them and, and they were better than anyone else. And Jesus is trying to make sure they understand there's a difference between knowing and doing. So he makes the most hated person by a Jew the hero of this story, a Samaritan. See, they, they don't even believe, they don't even believe that Samaritans were like human beings. They believe they were like dogs. That's how much they despise this community. And I, I, I will talk to you about, about this in another day, but who they were and why was there so much tension between them? Why was there so much tension between them? See, there's a difference between knowing and doing. And I, and I want to take a minute here because I'm concerned. I'm a young pastor. I understand that. But I'm concerned that, 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 that we live in a moment where we have access to our information, that we know all kinds of data, that we have everything at the palm of our hand, that we know everything, but we do sometimes very little. I remember there was many times where when I church plan, I remember doing this and and. And I remember there were so many people that would come to my, to my church and they would tell me what was wrong with them, the things that we were lacking, the things that we were doing right. And I would always tell them, hey, okay, why don't you come? I'll open this space for you to do it. Why don't you help me? Why don't you come over here? And guess what? Most of the time, they always had a reason why they couldn't. They're always, oh, I live too far. Oh, I'm too invested in this. Or I don't have time for this thing. Most of the time, they would know what to do, but they didn't want to do it because it was not a priority for them. See, my, my concern is that at this point in time, we know all the injustices that happen in the world and in our surroundings, in our society. We know all the catastrophes, all the natural disasters. We have access to all those things. We know all the statistics, the information, but many times the, that doesn't translate into doing something about it. And I will talk about that later on this message. See, we need to learn how to go from knowing to doing. So Jesus gives this example of two people that know all the rules, that have more than 600 commandments to follow, and but they didn't, they didn't know how to serve a single soul. And we continue the conversation in verse 33. It says, Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stopped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine, and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Let him up. He placed him on his own donkey, brought him to, to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for a night. The next morning, he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper. 
with these words, take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs you more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now, tell me which one of these three men, three men who saw the wounded man prove to be the true neighbor? The religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrate kindness and mercy. Jesus said, go and do as he. They couldn't even pronounce his name, that's crazy. See, the Samaritan went, went above and beyond in service to this person. Look, the Samaritan knew that he could. this man in the ground would, wouldn't be able to pay him back, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do anything for him. The Samaritan took him, disinfected his wounds. He took him with him. He took him to a place to rest, pay him and any other extra expenses. He went above and beyond. See, Jesus is letting this religious scholar. See, let me tell you this. Even when there was an inconvenient, this Samaritan helped. Even when it was going to take away time from him, this Samaritan helped. Even when there was gonna, it was going to take away his resources, the Samaritan helped. See, because when you love something or someone, it's going to cost you something. When you love someone or something, it's going to cost you something. So for this and this reason, I would love to share in my own experience how service can shape your life, can move you to the way God designed you as a human being. I have, I have experienced many things, and I, perhaps you won't experience it the way, same way I experienced it, but I'm hoping they can trigger something in you. And I, I want to give you three things that I, I have learned from living in this posture of service. I'm not the best, but I'm trying my best to live in this posture. See, the number one thing that you and I have to understand when we say that sometimes we don't have the time, we don't have the, 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 the rhythm in our lives, the space in our lives, the frame time in our lives to serve, I would tell you this. You give yourself to what you love. You give yourself to what you love. I remember growing up as a child, as the only child, you know, my mom would give me everything that I desire and beyond. I grew up with more than what I wanted or I needed in my own life. For 26 years, I had everything. And I thought I had everything until I met Gabby, my wife. It was until Gabby came into my life and she became my wife that I understood that I didn't have everything. Now I did have everything when she married with me. And now, at this point in my life, I'm willing to surrender everything because nothing compares to what I have with her. I'm willing to surrender and let go of these things because I know that she is most the most important person and thing in my life. See, whatever you love, you will give yourself to. See, love will alter your actions. Love will alter your priorities. Love will change the view you see the world. And family, you know what you, know what you love, but what you give yourself to. You want to ask yourself, what do I love in this life? Ask yourself, what am I giving myself to? What am I spending my time? Where am I spending my free time? See, according to Jesus, the most important commandment is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Ask yourself, does my life reflect this? this do I have my agenda full of things so I can serve other people? See, because you will give yourself to what you love. The second thing that I believe I have learned in this journey as we live in this posture of service is that 
It's in service that you find purpose. See, some of us, we have great jobs. We, we, we're, we, our professions are great. We have 10, 15, 20, maybe five years doing this and we're great at it, but we find ourselves lost because we don't know what's our purpose. See, you have a bunch of disciples. You have 12 disciples that have jobs and professions, tax collector, fishermen. But it's until Jesus comes into the picture that he takes his gifts, his attributes, and he shapes them to serve other people and he gives them purpose to them. It's when you find yourself serving others, you can find clarity on life. It's when you find yourself serving others that you find meaning in life. That you find direction in life. Even you find health for your mental capacity. Why? Because you're, you're focusing not on yourself. You no longer live a self-centered life. You live for others. See, Jesus used his power to serve others. The most powerful being in the universe used his power not to oppress others or to make other people make the job, but to serve others, to serve humanity. Number three thing, the number three, number third thing that I want to share with you today. I understand that we find ourselves overwhelmed with all this information. And I told you, uh, social media doesn't help at all. We're overwhelmed with things. There's so many things going around us that sometimes we don't know where to start. And because we don't know where to start, sometimes we don't do nothing. The third thing that I want to share with you is that do for one what you wish you can do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you can do for everyone. See, Jesus doesn't only find value in helping masses. He He also finds value in serving one person. See, I understand this whole complexity. Sometimes there's so many things that we want to help and we want to be part of that we don't end up doing nothing. But I will say, I, I learned this, this valuable lesson. Do for one what you wish you can do for everyone. Let me take you to this moment and I'm almost close, closing with this. There's this moment, this letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul writes to this church in Galatia. And it's found in Galatia chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. And it says this, And don't allow yourself to be weary in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. See, Paul is saying, do not be weary. Paul understands, he's saying, Family, I understand the weight, I understand the burning, I understand the demand, I understand the heaviness, I understand the responsibility of trying to do good for other people, but do not give up, do not disengage, do not disconnect, even if you can't do anything about it, even if you can't solve it, do not give up. FYI, that road with that Israelite got beat up, and they robbed him, that, that road was known by violence. And guess what? The Samaritan didn't solve the issue. He just helped that man in that moment that needed help. So I need to remind you, do not get overwhelmed, but hey, do not disconnect, do not disengage. Be part of it, keep working. And look in verse 10, and take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters and the family of faith. See, that word opportunity, take advantage of every opportunity. In other translations, are, is translated as time. 
So Paul is saying, as you consider your time, as you consider your, your, your opportunities, as you consider your pace of life, as you consider your rhythm of life, as you consider the margin in your life, serve others, and especially the ones close to you, especially the ones in proximity to you. So do for one what you wish you can do for everyone. See, family, today my desire is to inspire you, challenge you. Can, is this part of our values? Is this part of who we are? Are we practicing serving others? And, and to be quite honest, there's here in Discovery, there's many places you can serve. You might say, well, I'm not a singer. I don't speak. Don't worry. There's other places that you can, you can serve. Well, I can't do it during the week. I can't do it on Sunday. I can't do There's so many places you can connect. Send us an email to info at discoverydavis.org and we will help you connect to a place. See, family, the last thing I want to share with you is the story of a friend. My desire is that you understand, look, even if you connect to a place to serve, even if you find a place that you can actually give yourself to, service is not perfect. It can be messy many times. A couple years ago, uh, a young girl came into my life through my wife, Gavi. This young girl uh, grew up in a very broken, dysfunctional family. At a, at, a, at a very young age, she had a goal to live with her pastor because her mom and her family couldn't support her no more. She was a very kind, very introvert girl. She wouldn't talk to many people. She always struggled. Through her journey, she came to know my wife and... Um, she moved to LA with, with, uh, to the school that we went to. As she graduated from that place, um, she was going to come back to the Bay Area because this is the place where she grew up and she, it was not going to be good for her. So when my wife and I desire, decided is we were going to open the house, our house, for her to live with us. She was a very amazing girl. She struggled with her faith. She struggled with her life, a lot of brokenness. She never had a healthy relationship with a man. She didn't even know her dad. And it was through that process, not knowing what to do with her life, not knowing what was her purpose, not even having the drive to find out what was that. I remember that we, little by little, we start seeing glimpses of her life growing and evolving. When we church flying with my wife, Gabby, she became by default our children's director. And remind you, we didn't have a space. We didn't have a building like Discovery. We would um, mount this. Uh, we would set up this huge tent outside in the parking lot. And she would do it that every Sunday. She would serve sometimes three kids, sometimes five, eight, 15 kids. It was very inconsistent. But it was through her service in a very small church that he, she found her purpose. She starts serving kids. All of a sudden, she got a job taking kids at daycare and she studied she did all her classes and that she she was passionate about that even sometimes there was a lot of frustration from my part because there was a lot of things that she never understood and there was a lot of maturity happened but through her actually serving in a small community three kids eight kids setting up a tent she find her purpose is through that that I was able to see glances. She started connecting to counseling and she started healing from her wounds and the past. And I was able to see that process happening. Now she lives, she's married, she has a beautiful baby that we love. Uh, 
and she's still moving forward with her life. See, family, it was a very hard for me. It was very complicated. Sometimes I wanted to get rid of, and there's so many things that happened with her, but it was messy. But I felt in my heart that I want her to remind me. I want her to, re to, be, to remind herself that there was someone who cared for her. And then she ever thought about a pastor, someone that loved Jesus. It was someone that was willing to open his house so she can live. And she had a place to belong. Family, as we close this, I would love to pray for you, wherever you find yourself at. Jesus, thank you so much for the people that are watching, they're connecting to Discovery. I see you can bless them, that you can be with them, that you can ignite a desire to serve others. The people in proximity to them it can be family, it can be friends, it can be co-workers, it can be organizations, nonprofits, a school, whatever it is, that you can ignite a passion and a desire to live in this posture of service. And then as they serve others, they can find their purpose. And then they don't become overwhelmed by trying to serve others, that they can serve one person as they would like to serve everyone else. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. As we continue this posture, um, you take the, the communion. We open the sacred space for you to take this moment and reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus for humanity. Family, as we close this, my desire and I command you, go and do for one, what you wish you can do for everyone. Let's go and be the good Samaritan that we can serve others. That even though there's, it requires our time, it requires our resources, but we're going to give ourselves to this because we love our Creator. And the way we love our Creator, the way we can show we love our Creator is the way we serve and love others. We love your family.